I could describe to give my life story in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Give My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. And welcome to the Get My Life Tour. It is me, your host, Lydia T. Blanco. And as always, you know, I'm hyped. I think I'm super hyped today because of who the guest is. But before I get into that, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for showing up for yourself. I want to thank you for being so committed to tuning in each and every week, every stop of the tour. So if this is your first time. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. Yes, you made it. We're so happy to have you here. If you are back for the umpteenth time, shout out to you for riding with me, okay? Because it has been a while and I don't take you showing up for yourself or as a, you know what I'm saying, a member of this tour lightly. Okay. So I'm real hype. I'm like trying to catch my breath and not stumble over my words because the person who is taking center stage with me today is a linguistist. She is a grammar buff at times. She wants to make sure that your rhymes are tied. What? Okay, so you've probably seen me play this game on my Instagram looking crazy. Okay, I mean crazy. Because I thought some of the words would just be a thing. Like, yes. Okay, look, I can't even think of a word right now. And she looking at me crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'm talking about none other than entrepreneur, lifestyle enthusiast, Chantal Calloway. She is the creator, the CEO, the founder, and so much more of rhyme antics, like hip-hop rhyme antics. She is out here killing it in the board game industry. Yes, you heard me correctly. There are Black women killing it in that space. But she's also here to share how it gets real at times. So I'm here for that too. But before I go on, because I can, and I'm actually thinking of different words to rhyme with her name and so many other things before I put my foot in my mouth. (laughs) Help me welcome Chantal to the Get My Life Tour. Hey. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed, sis. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm good today. <laughs> Today's yes, a good day. Well. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited for this conversation. You know, I was walking through City College and I saw the bench that we sat on uh, when we connected for the first time after meeting at YouTube some time ago. And I was like, goodness, that was a great conversation. It was. Great conversation. So I'm so glad that you still had a yes in your heart, what, nearly two years later? And we're here. And these people are going to get to know who you are. You're going to help us get our lives. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to be on tour doing great things. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to, you know, inspire in any way that I can. Okay. Well, look, let us know who you are in your own words. 
So I am Chantel Calloway. Um, you did say linguistic. Yes, you know, I'm a hip hop head. I am an advocate for literacy and I am a social entrepreneur and inventor of really dope game called Rhyme Antics. And Rhyme Antics is a vocabulary game inspired by hip hop. Um, it's had a lot of success. We just made Black History last month by becoming the first Black-owned game to be sold in Target and Walmart. So, yay. For Come the on. Boop, 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 boop. Yes, yes. It's been, you know, a long road. And, you know, I started with that goal in mind in the beginning. And so just to achieve it um, has been amazing. Uh for, you know, my dreams to come full circle. So that's for the culture, 100%. And, um, you know, I'm just here to inspire, motivate other Black creators and inventors and let them know they could do it too and hopefully be a gateway to bring another um, Black-owned game into these stores and spaces. That's incredible, right? And I'm so glad that you have others in mind, right? Because it's not easy entering into that space. There's nothing easy about creating. And I think sometimes we think when we have a good idea, if we have support, that's great. Or if we really just have this dope invention that has not right. Like you are like, you're literally the inventor of this, right? So it should come easy. That's not always the case, right? No, it's not. What has it been like shifting, you know, the atmosphere and going from ideation to product development to the shelves? Well, it's it's definitely been um, a, a great learning experience. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a true master in um, the invention process because... You know, a lot of people do invent things, but, you know, it's not often that you're able to actually invent something and then bring it into the marketplace and then it actually be successful. And so I know what that, you know, firsthand with what that stress is like, you know, like putting your all. I mean, Rymantics is literally like my child. You know what I mean? It's like my labor of love. It's my child. Um <laughs> it's it's you know I'm in a serious relationship with this product so <laughs> um you know it's just it's it's been incredible to actually see something that started in the mind end up as a physical product being sold on the shelves and that people actually really love it and and purchase it often you know it's such a such a blessing um and you know it just really reaffirms that dreams come true and you really can do and be what, what you what you want. We are creators, we are co-creators and we can create anything we want. I really appreciate you sharing that, right? And so many people are curious about like why rhyme antics? You are a hip hop head, right? But let's get into that because there are a lot of people who claim to be hip hop heads out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. But they, but they not, they not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being a hip hop head, I mean, I'm an '80s baby. I was born in the golden era of hip hop. Um, hip hop has really, literally raised me. You know, like 
being born in the eighties, you know, like my, my heroes and leaders have been, you know, hip hop, hip hop artists and hip hop, you know, entrepreneurs, honestly. Um, so, you know, people like Diddy, people like Dr. Dre, like those are my heroes, you know, and, um, the, the music, you know, hip hop, music has definitely been the soundtrack to my life. Sometimes it's made me a very bad girl. And, you know, lately it's made me (laughs) a very empowered good girl. So, um, (laughs) you know, music moves us and music is hip hop music, period, is is a very big part of who I am. I study the culture. I'm a student of the culture forever. Um, I like it all. Um, You know, of course, being, you know, a logophile, which is a lover of words. That's really why I fell in love with hip hop because back in the day, people like Nas, Tribe Called Quest, you know, these were all great lyric, you know, lyricists and lyrical geniuses who could tell um, a powerful story using, you know, words and using a vast vocabulary. And I, you know, was in love with the poetry and the art, the art of it. And when you really start to dig into you know, what it takes to be an MC, you realize that, yeah, it takes some real genius talent to be able to freestyle off top and, you know, be able to tell a story while using a vast vocabulary. It's just a dope talent, a dope artistry that I always wish that I could do, but, you know, couldn't. <laughs> so I created this game for the inner rapper in all of us. And so that's why it's it's been so successful because everybody at one time, or another wants to be a rapper, you know? Okay, I tell people my album's dropping every <laughs> 33rd. It is what it is. <laughs> like, we all think we got bars and can do it, right? So this <laughs> game really teaches you how to do it. And, you know, it can be fun and goofy and just, you know. The thing about Rhymantics is you'll play it. Most players will tell you, you play it. And then you'll be rhyming all day. Like you just said, you're just trying to think of some rhyme. Right. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I love how you come alive when you talk about what inspires you and your love for the culture. And come on, Logophile, come on, giving us vocabulary words today. Come on, the love of words. I'm here for it. That's what I, you know, live for in part. And I think that is so profound, right? That married with your love for literacy. Right. That's powerful, right? You know the numbers. I may get them wrong, so I'll let you share them with us. But the literacy rate in America is alarming. alarming. Talk to us more about that. Yeah, so it's a really concerning, um, you know, I, I became an advocate for literacy when I started developing the game because, you know, I noticed the educational value in the game. In the beginning, it was just kind of a party game and I was focused on that. But then when I realized how powerful it was as an educational tool, and then I really started digging into, you know, that research of literacy, literacy rates among our children, in our community, you know, I discovered some really uncomfortable information and being a mom, you know, and I have lots of nieces and nephews, And, you know, just being a product of firsthand, you know, hitting rock bottom in my life and knowing that the only way I was able to change was through the power of, you know, education. You know what I mean? So we can all turn our lives around, um, but we have to educate and empower ourselves. And, you know, like Malcolm X said, education is the passport to the future. 
period, for anybody's future. And so um, literacy rates right now, um, 88% of Black children read in eighth grade read at a third grade level. That's and like, this is real. You can, you can look it up. These are the latest statistics. And, you know, COVID has definitely, you know, larger than that gap because with students not being in the classroom, being at home and, you know, really getting further and further away from, you know, literacy focused activities, it's just going to increase the gap. And so, you know, I'm just really on a mission to inspire our culture to make reading cool again, because as technology, you know, gets bigger and bigger and takes over, we are just really, really falling way below the literacy um, rates. And it's, it's really alarming. And of course, you know, literacy has a direct correlation with the pipe, the, um, you know, prison pipeline, um, you know, and mental health issues. I mean, it has a direct correlation with so many things um, that, you know, don't make us successful people. And, you know, we just really, really have to keep um, reading culture alive in our households. Very true. You know, I remember growing up and there being so many books around and having to read. Like that was a thing. Before we could play, we had to read. We had to do our homework and write as well, right? I remember my dad jotting down, um, I can't remember the formal name of it, right? But you know how you trace the letters? Yes, yes. Do that by hand. And I was like, uh, every time I saw him pulling out pieces of paper and (laughs) jotting those dots, I was like, oh, here we go, right? Or having to read, I was like, here we go. But as you mentioned, there is... There are uh, people who prey on those who cannot read. And, you know, even from a systemic level, there are systems in place to ensure that those who aren't achieving or hitting certain benchmarks are being funneled through that pipeline to prison. As you mentioned, it is so real. And I loved how you said we have to make reading cool again. Right. I don't I don't understand when people be so fly and can't read. And I know there are so many different factors that play a role. Right. Um, Access is a real thing. You know, whether or not your parents or your guardians know how to read. Right. Um, But we have to make it a daily practice if we want to, you know, I'm saying go as far as we possibly can. Right. Tell us why. And I think you hinted to it a little bit, right? You do have to be a lyrical genius in order to hold your own, especially in a freestyle battle. Because if you all know some words, you about to just sound foolish, right? <laughs> you gonna sound crazy, like okay, cat in the hat in the back, like wait, what? But like, are those really the only words you know? You need to read more, Slim, right? Tell us more about why you know, marrying the two was like the perfect formula. And I'm actually about to go grab my game. So talk to us. Yeah, sure. So um, it was so important to merge the two because, you know, hip hop is the number one music genre on the planet. And, you know, it has been for the past five years. I think it, it was, I think our, we were the number one culture way before that, but, you know, they, they just started giving us the title about five um, years ago. And, you know, you know, what 
better way to, you know, promote reading culture and literacy than through, you know, a music culture that brings us all together and is the most powerful in the world. You know, all these all these kids, they want to be rappers, you know, that's, those are their idols. Those, you know, those are their influencers. And so, um, you know, it's important to use a powerful platform like music and like the hip hop culture to, you know, promote greater good, which is, you know, we need to read again. (laughs) Important that, you know, what does the future look like when our kids cannot read? Um, those are things we got to think about. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of, um, focus around STEM and STEAM, but, you know, the foundation to all education is the ability to read and literacy. I mean, you can't do any of those other things without knowing how to read, you know? Um, and so just the benefits from reading, you know, reading, makes you a a better lyricist. Reading makes you a better communicator, a better orator, a better, you know, writer. I mean, your ability to create, it, you know, evokes creativity in your mind. Um, I want to shout out um, Sister Soldier's new book, um, Coldest Winter Ever, just came out too. And, you know, in all honesty, I wasn't always, you know, big on reading, but Sister Soldier's book was The Coldest Winter Ever was the first book I ever read every single word from page to page, you know, from cover to cover. Um, And there's plenty of books out there like that where you just you start reading this book and it's better than watching a movie. You see you see your vision comes to life and you can see what you're reading, you know, so it definitely evokes creativity in the mind and expand your mind and there's just so many benefits to it and you know I always say reading is to the mind with exercises to the body so it's it's something that has to be done um otherwise you create mental atrophy right so it's important absolutely you know what I hear you saying is it has to resonate right I remember so many people picking up that book, The Coldest One Ever. And I was like, yo, people at the library, on a bus, in the school library, trying to sneak to read that book. I was like, what is in this book, right? But whatever it is, it has to resonate with us in order to be engaged. And as the original people who lead and shift culture in this country, it it is important for us to have something that is applicable to us. Like, we know if our kids are bored, they not really you know, they're not engaged, right? So you created something that's very engaging, right? The rules are very clear. You are educating, you are bringing people together in a hilarious way, right? So it's fun, but it's also challenging. I'm over here enunciating because that is the first word on this card, right? And it helps you to be more confident, right? And think on your toes. I love this game. Right word cap rap clap flap yap clap map map snap trap okay come on trap yeah okay <laughs> all these things I'm like oh my gosh I was playing this game on Thanksgiving and oh I thought I was winning let me tell you I had so many mic drop moments I was throwing the mic I was being real disrespectful because I was not winning but I was like you know what Lydia. Whose fault is that? Okay, get your life, get your life, right? 
what has it been like getting others behind you to support this movement? I've seen you on The Breakfast Club, you were featured in Black Enterprise and just so many other you know, different platforms, but you've had some heavy hitters play this game and get pissed because <laughs> they weren't as well-versed as, you know, they thought they were, but they also love what you've created. Um, so that part has been interesting, right? <laughs> that part has been interesting. Um, I have, you know, had the the privilege of playing with some hip hop artists. I'm still waiting to like, you know, do it with some more, but I had a, I had a really fun incident, not incident experience with, um, with red man. Right. And, you know, we were playing the game. I was showing him how it's playing. We had an all out argument. I don't think he likes me too much, but <laughs> he was telling me, he Good was trying you. to tell me like these, he was trying to tell me, you know, words that rhymed. I forget the card we pulled, but, you know, I asked him to give me spit 16 on that, you know, give me 16 of rhyming bars. And he was off, <laughs> you know, he's way off. And he argued with me that these words rhyme, but you know, there's a difference between force rhyme, perfect rhyme, you know, vernacular, all these things come into play when you're talking about, you know, proper English. And I've, I've even had some, you know, debates with educators who are, you know, in the field who have, we've had great debates about vernacular because, you know, if you're down South and words are, you know, pronounced differently than how we use them up North, then, you know, you get into some issues and debates around proper English. And, but all in all, what the game does is, you know, tap into all those cognitive skills, engage our children, engage your mind, It taps into your memory, your focus, your speed, your fluid intelligence, and it makes you think. And so, you know, when I play with adults who are, I mean, I mean, like, you know, you're a college grad and I went to college and I mean, I've played with, you know, some of the smartest of smart people, you know, and you pull an easy car and it's like, damn, I forgot all these regular sight words, you you know, I have not opened (laughs) the advanced Packed. I refuse to open these. I'm not doing that to myself, not publicly at least. Oh my goodness! So, so we still on the red, okay? <laughs> there are three levels, and I have only dared to open the first pack. That's a lot about me, but I'm getting my life <laughs> <laughs> right. So you know, I think that we've had a lot of success with the product because of the versatility of the game, how you can use it. It's an adult party game. It's for kids in the family. And, but then a lot of educators are using it in their classroom, especially now during COVID. I've had lots of teachers, you know, DM me and say, what a great product. It's keeping my kids engaged on these Zooms. When I need to get them focused and bring them back in, I pull out a car and yes. say, you know, spit some bars and, you know, they have to really think and rhyme and, you know, learn. And, you know, the great thing about it too, is, you know, my research shows that you retain two to three new words when you play it. And so that's what we're trying to do here. You know what I mean? We're trying to increase your vocabulary index and get you, get your, your brain activated. I love that. Come on now. My research, (laughs) there's an app, there's the game that are, that's on these shelves. And then there's the research. That's incredible, right? That's next level. So many of us, 
have these great ideas, but we don't have the time or the bandwidth to produce at this magnitude. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because everybody is not called, right? But it's not easy, right? Let's talk about fundraising. Let's talk about getting the money you need to create something like this. And what that is like, mm, I want to say even mentally, right? Having to have these conversations uh, and convince people, persuade them, pitch, all of that good jazz. Like you've clearly been doing it, but I want to know how you've been able to do it well, even when it doesn't feel good because you're doing with business with people who may not have the same vision as you. Yeah. So, um, that's been definitely the most challenging part to this journey, right? It's like that unwavering belief in yourself, um, when people might not understand, you know, the product, understand the culture, understand, the space of, you know, games and how viable they are. Um, and being a, a black, you know, founder in the game space has definitely been a challenge because there really, there, there weren't any of us when, when I was attending toy fair and, you know, trying to pitch the product. I mean, literally I, I would see maybe two or three other people at the toy fair that were black and they were mostly buyers. So, um, there's there's definitely been a surgence of black game inventors recently I've seen. But, you know, when it comes to educating people and pitching investors on the space, that's been very difficult. Um, I've been lucky enough to win um, three, no, four, sorry, pitch competitions um, where I won grant money. To, so I've been pretty much kind of bootstrapped my business and self-funded up into 2019 where I was able to raise my first round of, you know, investment capital from some angel investors. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, and so, uh, Charlemagne the God was actually one of those angel investors and, um, you know, he understood the space immediately. He wasn't a tough sell, but you know, some of my other partners who, aren't educated in the space, you know, I really had to sell them on it, on the numbers, on the, and then, you know, most invent, most investors will tell you they're, they don't really, they're investing in the entrepreneur, you know what I mean? So your confidence, you know, my confidence in pitching and confidence in knowing my space and, you know, having a very unique product is definitely what, you know, sold them and was able to close the deal um, but I've, you know, in the last year during COVID, I have, and this has definitely been my most challenging year, you know, I got into Target and then um, I knew when that happened that I would have to raise some real capital to grow the business. And, you know, pitching during COVID has been just like a real grueling process. Um, I've been <laughs> told no several times after pitching. Um, and you know, that's kind of a lot of entrepreneur stories. It's like, you got to pitch a hundred, maybe 200 times before you get a yes, but you just got to keep going. So that is really, really difficult to be told no so many times. And then to have the 
the strength and the the motivation and positive energy to keep going. Um, when you might, you know, like right now, I currently feel like I'm in quicksand, you know what I mean? Like I got, I got to survive. I got to survive. And you know, it's like, I, I need capital to survive. So what do I do in the the meantime? I got to be creative. And so entrepreneurs thrive off, you know, their ability to create opportunities where you might not see one, you know what I mean? We literally have to pull opportunities out of the air. So I'm launching a crowdfunder. Actually, uh, I launched tomorrow um, and it'll be a, a full month. So when you're, when you're, um, when your community hears this, you know, please support our crowdfunding. I'm going, I'm going to be using fun black founders. Um, and that is actually a crowdfunding platform created by a really dope black female entrepreneur. Her name is Renee King. And she created this platform just specifically for black founders, because, you know, as you know, research shows black founders and then especially black women, we are so under under um, underfunded compared to, you know, our white counterparts. And, you know, so she created this space for us to be able to, you know, raise money and thrive. And it's just so amazing. I love the work that she's doing because she's worked with me personally one on one to help my campaign. And she does that with every entrepreneur who, you know, onboards to her platform. And, you know, she just really, really cares about, you know, the power of black business. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I appreciate you shouting her out. Right. So people can know her name and know the work that she's doing. So much love to Renee. You know, you talked about the quicksand. I feel like the quicksand um, is often where those get my life moments happen. Right. And sometimes we feel like we're being pulled down quicker than we can get up. Like, can we even get up? But there's still a way to make your way through even in that sand. I'd love for you to share more about what that quicksand is. Like, what is it that you're surrounded by right now that you're working your way through? Um, And how are you taking care of yourself in the midst of what feels like falling? You going deep on me, being my therapist for the week, Miss Blanco. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, so the quicksand feels like, you know, this is this is my this is ten years of my life that I've put into this, and um, I feel like, you know. You know, I've, I always have had that mentality like failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. But, you know, after 10 years, that that burnout, that burnout period and feeling is really real. You know what I mean? It's really real. Mm-hmm. And to have the ability to pull all muster up all the positive energy possibly can and get back to that space of like loving what you do. You know what I mean? When I have conversations like this, you know how you said like you could feel me when I'm talking about it? Yes, yeah. that that part makes me happy. You know what I mean? So conversations like this are very helpful. They keep me on track. The fact that you even want to talk to me and let me share my story. Um, it, it gives me a spark of, you know, 
motivation again to like, remember what you love, remember why you're here. You know, I'm here for those babies. I'm here for the culture. I'm here for my community. I'm here for others to be an example. But the quicksand feels like, oh my God, I cannot fail. Like, you know, am I going to fail? It's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of um, mental health management, you know, depression, just to be completely real. Um, you know, like if I fail, what will I do? You know what I mean? All these thoughts that go through your head. Um, and it's just like, no, no, I can't fail. That's not an option. You know what I mean? That's kind of, but the back and forth, you know, like what would I do if I, if I failed and I can't fail and I'm, you know, it's, it's just a lot, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard because, you know, we talk to a lot. I talk to a lot of people and I've, I've spent 10 years bootstrapping this business, you know, put every dollar I have into it. Um, all my sweat equity, you know, everything. And it's been like a 10 year fight, you know, that's the thing why I feel like I'm in quicksand. Cause I still feel like I'm fighting, 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 you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I would love to just have space to breathe and be relaxed and comfortable and not, you know, feel like I'm fighting some battle. Mm. Yeah. I I really do appreciate you sharing that and being transparent. Right. I also have taken note of you really putting yourself out there more. I saw that you launched your 30 day series yesterday on Instagram where you are really checking in with yourself and others. A lot of people talk about burnout and then there are those who wait until they get to a really pivotal point in their business or a a height in their business where they feel more comfortable sharing about, you know, what they've been through or their household stories in general. Right now, I understand that you're not sharing this to, you know, say, woe is me, but real is me. Like, I appreciate you normalizing that because there are so many people who aren't talking about those moments uh, that feel like fog or defeat or, you know, as you've shared, a fight. How are you taking care of yourself? And how have you made yourself available to be taken care of during this time? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, to be totally honest, I haven't in the past two weeks, I have been in a real mental slump. I haven't been taking care of myself. (laughs) I haven't been, and it's not good. And, you know, I'm, I decided to go to Florida, um, next week just to be at peace and kind of go to the water and kind of cleanse myself and do, you know, this kind of like a cleansing and a, a my own little baptism in the water because I'm really connected to the universe and water. And so a, water is really a great meditation space for me. And so I just want to go sit on the beach for three days and kind of clear my mind. Um, and we all have to do that. You know, it's not just, you know, what entrepreneurs have to do in this crazy world we live in where there's so much noise, you know, there's so much noise. Um, and it's hard for me to be able to disconnect from the phone and the social media, but it's really, really important to do that. Even if it's just 24 hours, you know, where you do not pick up that phone 
Um, and tell me about it. Yes. You just got to disconnect completely because man, you start scrolling and then you, then you on the phone, you know, my, me, I'll be on the phone. I'm like, I damn, I can't believe I just stayed on this phone for 30 minutes straight scrolling, you know, listen to everybody's noise. It gets overwhelming and it's, it's too much. And you have to understand it really is programming you and conditioning you and you got to be able to detach from it. From the noise, you know, all the noise. So that's what I'm doing to take care of myself, you know, um, <laughs> financially, you know, I just said, I have to go to Florida and, and do this for me. Um, and that is very important. See, what it sounds like is, even though you said, I haven't been taking care of myself, you know, what is required to take care of yourself. And that level of self-awareness is essential to our overall well-being. At times, we don't know what it is that we need to do. And we have those moments of pause and that's what we need. But it's also important to be self-aware so that when you do have the capacity to come back and meet yourself, you're like, okay, like this is what we need to do. And you said, look, I know I need to be by the water and that's what you're doing. So my hat is off to you because you're taking the time that you need. And those moments of pause are so significant. Sometimes we don't have to be okay. Like give yourself two weeks. I have literally been taking it easy as of lately. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what it's like to wake up at this time, do this, pack my lunch, be down my six floors, you know, run to the train station, deal with everybody named Mama on MTA, get to somewhere I don't want to be, do X, Y, and Z, talk to this person, check my email, be on the phone. I'm like, ooh-wee, Lydia, you don't have to operate like that right now. Um, and to your point, the burnout is real. 10 years in, you owe it to yourself to take that break, right? You really do. Thank you for that. Um, and, t- and, you know, conversations like this are very therapeutic, very therapeutic and just in reflection and deep doing some deep dive, you know, thinking about, you know. Yeah, life. Look. Get in my life. Get in my life, Lydia. <laughs> we are always getting our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. I remember wrestling with, the the type the name for this the show years ago and I'm like oh I hope that doesn't sound negative but I'm like oh my gosh I'm getting my life all the time and there's nothing negative to be associated with that right you know what I I really want to know is how you are able to hold your own in your space you are a beautiful woman. Anyone who scrolls through your social media will see you. The thirst traps are real, y'all. <laughs> Just as a heads up, she's like grabbing her forehead like she don't know she's bad. Oh, I. Right. And, you know, I can only imagine uh, the ways in which you may be able, and I say this all with all due respect, with, in ways you're able to or you might be able to benefit from pretty privilege and other times when you have to check that at the door, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
people think that they get to engage with you a certain way because of how you show up. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. And that that's a really good one. Um, yeah. So, you know, pretty privilege is something I have definitely been blessed to be able to take advantage of. Um, I think we all have privilege, you know, there's, there's intellect privilege, there's black privilege, white privilege, <laughs> you know, um, family status privilege, all of that. It exists. And, um, but being a woman, right. Being a woman in the, you know, entertainment space. And then, you know, in the toy and game space that is dominated by men, um, the VC space when pitching, um, finance space is all dominated by men. So, um, you have to know how to use it. Right. Um, and I don't even say that I go into situations necessarily knowing, you know, I gotta use, I gotta use it this way or that way. You know what I'm saying? Because, um, I know that, being beautiful is just like a a physical thing and it's really your personality and the respect for yourself and your character. That's really going to shine through at the end. There's a bunch of beautiful people in the world. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'm always just really myself, but I, I can admit there've been times when like, I know that I got somebody's attention that I wanted because I look a certain way. Um, but then I've gotten bad attention, you know, for looking a certain way. Um, uh, we spoke before this about, you know, the, the sexual harassment and the Me Too movement. And, you know, I've definitely been a victim of, you know, that of sexual harassment within this journey. Um, in the entertainment industry, specifically in the hip hop industry, you know, just people using their clout and who they know and knowing what I need and what my needs are and, you know, using their power or their, you know, their ability to connect me with somebody as like, you know, leverage to kind of control a situation and manipulate. Um, And you just got to be able to like, realize that stuff pretty quickly, like what's going on here, you know, and, and show up respecting yourself and show up as a powerful businesswoman. You know what I mean? It's business first. It's business always. Um, it's all in how you, you know, conduct yourself and how you, you represent yourself. So I've, <laughs> I'm actually going through something right now, but, uh, I can't really talk about it, but yeah, I've been sexually harassed and, um, sometimes you, you don't, you get what you're not even asking for, what you're, what you're, you know, men, men can be ridiculous. Anyway, I don't, I'm, I hope I've said enough, um, but no, you know. definitely. And you don't, you don't have to, you know, carry on. The reason why I ask is because in this digital age, mm-hmm. you know, super social during the pandemic, And just how we are taught, we believe, and how some of us choose to show up, like you said, sometimes you get what you don't deserve, right? You never know whose office you're walking into, what meeting you're logging into, or whatever, because people just show up 
and they show, yeah, yeah, showing out, they acting a fool, right? And I've had moments where I'm like, okay, did that just happen? Like, wait a second, because I'd be wrong if I swung, right? Okay, cool. But I think it's important to have these conversations, especially as a solopreneur, right? You're showing up into these spaces by yourself. You don't have security, right? But it's important for your aesthetic to be on point as you're doing business. And a lot of people aren't having that conversation, right? For me, and I say this with all due respect, it goes beyond the the Me Too movement. These are our real lives life experiences, right? And we know how that was co-opted by women who don't necessarily look like us, right? Toronto Burke was out here doing work. And um, I feel like it is an important conversation to have at this level as well, right? Because I think a lot of people are leaning on the stories that come up from the high release press releases and then, oh yeah, I remember. And there was an instance, right? But to hear someone like you say, like, look, it's not okay. And I've been there. Uh, it's important. All of that to say that it's important for us to have that conversation on this level. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. <sighs> you know, we got to keep our heads up. <laughs> definitely do. You know, you, you've given us a lot. What I want to ask you for next, though, is advice for inventors and creators who have a great idea but just don't know where to start? Well, you know, I get a lot of DMs from inventors and game creators. Um, And I'm just going to keep it real right now. I get irritated with some of the questions they ask me because a lot of things are Google searchable, right? Uh Uh-oh. I mean... Listen, <laughs> F and Google it. <laughs> you can get a, uh, a Ivy League education from this thing right here called the Internet. OK, you just got to want it. You just got to click in the right search words and you will find the information that. And I know that because that's how I was able to do this. You know, I do not have a degree. Yes, I went to college for, you know, a few years. However, you know. You have the access to all the information you need. There's plenty of examples of, you know, self-made millionaires and billionaires and successful people who did not go to college. You just got to want to do the work. You know what I mean? And a lot of people want to avoid doing the work. And so... Yeah, it's not just one Google search. It's two. You got to dig and you got to read and you got to read a little more. You that know? is two, though. <laughs> it's not just one, it's two, right? Yeah, yeah. Google, like, girl, YouTube, University, know. all of that, right? So, be and I hear you loud and clearly because it's almost like you can't give out enough instructions or information in this age in order for some people to really grasp it. But aside from YouTube University and the Google conglomerate, what advice do you have for them to just get started? Right. And I I also ask this because I am seeing a lot of games come up, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them do not seek to educate. They are purely entertainment. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but we do need something for ourselves 
right? That sets us apart and that's important. That's what you're doing. So let's, let's give some, let's give the people what they want. Yeah. So I would say, you know, doing the due diligence on the product that you want to bring to the marketplace, like the, the real feasibility research, you know what I mean? Because like you said, there's a lot of games coming out and to be honest, they all kind of mimic each other. And that was really what inspired me to create my game in the first place. You know, we as a family, as a black family, we were tired of playing taboo and catchphrase and Uno for 30, 50 years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we love those games. Those are classic games. However, you know, something new and truly unique. And so a lot of the games you see come out now, they're 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 called subjective games, right? They're just based on like your thinking and your opinion of something. So it's like a card game, like Cards Against Humanity or just a game that kind of asks a general question and people answer it, right? And there's more power to them. God God bless them and your ability to like, you know, create something, bring it to the marketplace. But if it's not different, if it's not truly different and unique, you know, you might have a hard time, you know, being successful with it. And so- my, I was really, really focused on the unique methodology of my game. I didn't want it. I'm, I'm just a person like that, period. I don't want to ever look like anybody else. I don't want to be doing what anybody else is doing, dressing how anybody else. I don't follow trends. I do my own thing. And so you have to really do a, fee, a, a, a really good feasibility analysis on, you know, is what I'm creating, is there some type of competitive edge? at least one, you know what I mean? Focus on at least one competitive edge with your business because otherwise it's going to be hard to break through in a major way. You know, what's your, what's your thought on this ideology that's out there that it's okay to do what someone else is doing as long as you do it better? Um, yeah, I don't really subscribe to that because, like I just said, I don't ever want to, you know, do what anyone else is doing. However, when you say the last part, you know, as long as you're doing it better, that's really what it, inventions are. Inventions are different kind of iterations, maybe, of you know, like there was first there was the mop. You know, you ever see that movie, Joy? There was the mop, but she perfected the mop by creating the the mop that, you know, the sponge that, you know, squeezed itself. So she perfected it. That's a competitive edge. That's why she was able to take over the, the market. You know what I mean? And have a very powerful product brought into the marketplace. So you can, you can do something and be doing it better as long as you have a, a real true unique competitive edge. And then you're really not, you're separating yourself from that person who's doing what you're doing because you're doing your thing that way. And then you got to, of course, you know, protect it and whatever, but, you know, focus on being unique. I would say that focus on being unique, being different. It takes a little thought and creativity, but there's still, I believe, millions of inventions that have not been created yet. You know, I agree always a way you just got to think you got to be creative 
it'll it'll be an idea that just comes from, oh, you was around the house. And it's like, why am I doing it this way? There's an easier way to do this. Or, you know what I mean? That's when inventions are a better way or easier way to be doing something we already do. That's what inventions are. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I really wanted to ask because there is a lot of copycatting going on and access is a real thing and people have more of it. Right. So I'm tired of seeing the same stuff all the time. I was just hoping that you would say, like, be unique like you did or like stop trying to do everything other people are trying to do. Right. I'm like, say it, please say it. Because I don't want to say it because I'm not the inventor. Right. But being unique is, is good. Like a lot of people don't value that. What is it? Uh, unique value proposition right? That is a real thing. And that's what you have, right? So I'm just so grateful for your game, for everything that you share, for everything that you are setting out to do, your level of transparency and vulnerability. And you have an incredible story. Like I know we didn't get into the thick of everything and it, I love just seeing the evolution, right? And I know we haven't been connected for millions of years, but it has been a pleasure to watch, you know, the, 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 what am I trying to say? The evolution, yeah, right? The growth, all of that. Like, yes. Thank you, Lydia. You are so welcome. Look, okay. Thank you for being such a dope soul and for doing all that you do and, you know, black journalism, you're amazing. And um, I appreciate this platform. Thank you. I received that. Come on now. Yeah. Well, look, we've gotten to the part on tour where it's time for you to drop the mic. Now, let me take the little mic out your box, okay? Because I love this thing. I love how it is designed. I'm going to just hand you this mic real quick. Hey. And when you're ready, it is time <laughs> to drop it. Um, So I want to leave listeners with this. In anything that we do, ego is the enemy. Okay. That is a powerful book. And out of all the books I've read, I really suggest you read that one. Uh, I believe it's by Ryan Holiday. Yes, it's by Ryan Holiday. Um, Ego is the enemy, right? Um, A lot of people don't even know what an ego is, child. (laughs) You know, Um, so the ego is the part of you, your, you know, they say you have your soul and then the ego is kind of this external personality that all the things you've experienced have, you know, come together to create this personality. But we are not our ego. Ego, um, a lot of times controls us and manipulates us um, into not being the amazing dynamic human being that we can be. Uh, ego is responsible for hate, judgment, you know, um, envy, uh, low self-esteem, all the bad things. And I know you know, when I started this journey, I did a lot of self-development work and um, I learned about the ego very early on. 
And I believe it's the only reason why I've been able to be successful is because I often have to check my ego. Um, I don't allow to be led by my ego. And, um, you know, ego is the enemy. (laughs) So read that book, uh, learn about your ego, check it constantly, and you will be able to become all that you want to be. Drop the mic. And there you have it. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That is good. Hmm. You know, I'm not supposed to say anything after the mic drop moment, but I'm so glad that you shared that. I once heard a pastor uh, define ego as edging God out. And I was like, hmm, that's, that's interesting. And like you said, I don't think a lot of us know what ego is. So I appreciate that. I'm taking that with me, okay? Okay. And look, I'm I'm sure people are curious about how they can stay in contact with you, follow your journey, pick up this game. Let them know how they can do all three of those things. Yeah, for sure. So please follow me on Instagram. It's Little Miss Calloway. It's L-I-L underscore M-I-S-S-C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. And then I'm Rhyme Antics on all social media, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn if you want to connect in a professional capacity. You know, I'm always open to sharing advice and being helpful any way that I can, uh, just because, you know, a lot of people help me along the way. And so I, I, it's my duty to do so for others. So hit me up on LinkedIn, Chantel Calloway, and it's C-H-A-N-T-E-L-C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. Please pick up Rhyme Antics in your local Target or Walmart. And I'm, as I mentioned, I'm launching a crowdfunder um, tomorrow with Fun Black Founders. And you will be able to see the link in all my social media um, bios. Um, and, you know, I just ask that you please support this Black-owned business so that we can sustain our success. I know that's right. And how long will the crowdfund uh, round last? Uh, it's going to be a 30-day campaign. So we kick off uh, tomorrow, the 25th to April 25th. Perfect. Okay. Look, you have all the information you need to support, stay connected. So please do so. And as always, be sure to visit the Get My Life Tour for more information, to subscribe to the newsletter, and to listen to the podcast available on 11 different platforms, including Pandora. Boop, 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 boop. So excited about that. Be sure to stay connected on social platforms at the Get My Life Tour, with the exception of Twitter, because it was too long, so it is at get my life tour. And if you'd like to stay connected with what I have going on journalistically as an independent storyteller, your favorite rapper and all that good jazz, be sure to connect with me on social at Lydia C. Blanco or visit my site, LydiaCBlanco.com. Look, I, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm good after this conversation and I hope that you are too. You know, you killed it. You did you did yes come on with the thumbs up like it has been real i cannot wait to see you right back here on tour until then peace